Welcome to the Rams Writer Podcast. Tight angle, cross to Pearson, Pearson scores! Stephen Pearson scores for Derby County! Wisdom, it's right! For Scythe, heads on goal. It's looping. It's yeah! in! <laughs> it's, it's Craig for Scythe with a looping header at the back post. Sibley shoots across goal. Yeah! He scored! Louis Sibley in the 90th minute. The goal we wanted has come. Hello and welcome back to the Ramswriter podcast. Simon Long and Chris Holt here as always. Podcast number three of the week, Chris. Number three. It's I know. Been bit, it's, been, it's been a bit, very busy week for you. I've only done two of them, but... Been good ones, though. Been good yeah. ones. You know, yeah, yeah. Two incredible guests. Well, Ed Dawes, yeah, and um, Sam Griffiths, uh, manager. I, I like your little quiz that you did with uh, Sam. Oh, at the end that. Of it. that was good, that was, yeah. I think we should do that for all our guests, and perhaps oh, we should I le- quiz I think each I le- other. I learned more about you as well, which is... <laughs> I was like, hold on, Sam's the guest, Chris. It's supposed to be about her, not you. Sure. Oh, <laughs> you, you horrible boy. <laughs> I yeah. just couldn't... I just couldn't... We, we had a disagreement on a couple of things, like retro football boots. See, what did she say? She had, she, I would have gone Puma King as well, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. See, I love you again, mate. So, Sam went for Adidas World Cup. Yeah, as the no. ultimate retro boot, and there is only. Although I think she mentioned uh, an Umbro retro boot as well. Yeah, but when she she mentioned Beckham though, didn't he wear Predators? He did. So maybe she was thinking Predators. See, I'm I'm Puma King baby all day long, Puma King. You know what? We had um chat amongst yourselves, you listeners. We're just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um no. You know what? We had when I was a kid, we had um like football trials training thing. Uh, we had Steve. I remember Steve Sutton took it, and I can't remember who else. Um, but it was like sort of sponsored by Adidas or something. It was like an Adidas kids camp or whatever. So we tried on Adidas Predators. Wow, the di- I had like a pair of Sondico boots that, like, obviously the bottom of the barrel. You know, what I mean, bargain basement stuff. And I put these Predators on. I was like, Dad, I want some of these. I played in gold. It's like you are playing gold, son. You don't need a decent pair of boots. <laughs> well, most but, gold uh, Sondico are, are predominantly a goalkeeper brand, aren't they? Yeah, I know, but they were quite cheap back in the day, hence why I got them. It was either that or New Balance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. You um, see, we'll, just, we'll end the subject on football boots, but when I was um, a kid and a prospect up to the age of about 12 when people realised I couldn't run, um, Patrick <laughs> Patrick Equip were my go-to boot. But Sorry. Puma King, when I went into adults football all day long. It's- it, you know, it probably is not the best thing, but I actually, I, do you remember the uh, red and white Puma Kings that Martin Keown first brought out? Oh, yeah. I had them. That was my first pair of, like, decent boots was a red and white set of Puma Kings, which didn't go down too well when I was playing for Derby Boys. No, I'm not surprised, mate. No, so they got changed quite quickly to black and white ones. <laughs> Although they're probably referencing Arsenal, if it was Martin Keown. Well, it was, wasn't it? They were the first person I remember wearing him was Martin Keown. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just obviously I was a big fan of David Seaman at the time, so I watched quite a lot of Arsenal. Um, but yeah, and then went to Germany with some black and 
black and white Puma King ones. So had a bit of a tour of Germany. Well, well, when we, when we put this podcast out, we should ask people in the comments their all-time retro boot. And when we say retro, we're talking. 80s and yeah, 90s. But this is, yeah, but it might be some youngsters who are like, you know. Oh, yeah, I get that. But I'm talking when boots were black, you know, leather. <laughs> black leather. And, unless you're unless you're Gladys Allen Hinton, where you got yeah. away with your, your, your white leathers. But we're talking black leather. We're talking dubbing. We're talking oh. dubbing boots, not... I tell you what, at school, at school, they used to have like, uh, right, for idiots that forgot the boots or didn't want to do PE, basically. And they had boots that were like boots, boots. Do you remember the old school? Like you had to screw the studs or bang bang the studs in with a hammer. They were like that. I'm, I kid you not. Proper like, what's that film? Jimmy Grimble. They were proper Jimmy Grimble boots. <laughs> I kid you not. And no, no one forgot the boots again after wearing them. Let's put it that way. Anyway, it's, that 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 was a different way to start the show. It hey. is. But like I said, if you're listening, viewers and. Um... Comment below. What is your favourite retro boot? Well, yeah, going back to the twelve questions, I think we should. We've got some more guests hopefully lined up in the next four or five episodes, should we say? Uh, working on them, so yeah, we'll definitely ask ask them the twelve questions, and yeah, obviously about desserts and whatever. But yeah, let's move on. Yeah, we we we, we will move there. There, put my teeth back in. Nah, look. We will move on <laughs> swiftly. Yeah, so it's the preview show. So we know what that means. We play Fleetwood at the weekend. So first things first, then we shall listen to Paul Warren's pre-match uh, interview on Rams TV and see what he has to say. Obviously, we're hoping for updates on injuries and and all that sort of stuff, and see what we can. Obviously, then me and Chris will then digress and chat about what he says. So here we go. Able these weeks are when when you don't have a Tuesday game and and everyone has a bit more time to recover and and prepare. How's this one been for you? Yeah, good. Uh, had a couple of days away um, and getting ready for the, the last sprint, so to speak. So, yeah, good. Watched some games. Went to, you know, all the staff have been out watching games as well. So I went to Burton this week. Um, so, yeah, it gives us a bit more time to prepare for this weekend's game and got everything in place for the meeting for the lads today. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Just on, on, on watching other teams or, or, I guess, following other teams' results, because we often hear from managers that, they don't look at the table and they're not interested in what's happening elsewhere. But from conversations we have with you, you're, you, you're, you're the opposite, aren't you? That's completely untrue. No one, that's an absolute lie. No manager looks at the league, absolute. No, that's not true. Uh, no, I watch everything uh, or try to, try to follow everything. And, you know, when there's Tuesday night games and teams who are seventh, eighth, ninth or whatever they're playing, I've got the kit of the other team on with the scarf around my head, cheering the opposition on all times. Uh, and you, you're constantly doing that. You're constantly trying to look after your own team, your own mentality of your group, obviously. Um, and then to be successful depends because you just don't... It's not, you're not the only team that plays everyone. Everyone plays everyone. Everyone has an effect on the outcome of your season and every result matters and every result has an impact one way or the other. And it might even be that uh, you go and watch a team or you're playing against a team in two weeks' time. Uh, but they get a sending off or they get a bad result and then another bad result and you're thinking, oh, this is a good time to play him. So I don't believe that there's any manager out there that doesn't look at the league. I mean, I appreciate it's the classic, and it is a classic answer, but there is some truth in it where you go, look, it's just the next game. That is true. Um, you do worry about the next game. I'm not worried about what's next Saturday yet because there's enough to worry about this Saturday. But I, I don't believe there's a manager out there that doesn't look at the league. 
that seems unreal. How far does it go with you? Are you are you looking at the table and, and the fixture list and thinking if they do this and we do that, then we could be here? No, I don't get I don't get too obsessed. It's just I I, I just worry about our group and think like if we if we do well enough. However, it's when your team aren't playing, then you look at everything else. So like you know the other night I went to a game and I was looking at the league table and how the league table looks now and if they score they're all have well, equalised and. It's no different. I do that in every league, even the league I'm not in, because I'm just intrigued by what's happening. And and it, weirdly enough, it affects, you know, like, for example, there might be a player that I want at this club and, you know, he gets a release if they go down. So I check to see where they are in the league. So it's just a constant thing, really. I don't, I'm not looking at our fixtures thinking, you know, win, draw, lose, win, 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 or if they lose, but they've got Fleetwood away, but then they've got Peterborough at home. I, you go insane. I, I just think you try and live in the moment and, Tuesday night I was at a game and I was watching other scores and watching you know two teams having a right go, um, so I do follow it, but not. I'm not like uh, what's the best way to put it. I'm not Rain Man. I don't look at every fixture and every connotation and like that. I'm not that guy. Let me ask you about your your full fat can of Coke, Tony Springett. Um, had to wait a while for his opportunity. Can you just talk to me a little bit about? His attitude and, and I guess his his professionalism in in how he's been for you since he came in. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, you don't expect me to say anything but positive. It would be a bad interview if I went, what an absolute lorry driver he is. Uh, no, brilliant. Uh, his attitude's been spot on. And unfortunately, that is how football is. I have a son who plays sport. say it to him all the time. Like, sometimes it isn't because there's anything you're doing wrong. It's just the fact that people ahead of you are doing things right. And we do, you know, we have got very good wingers here. Dobbs is very good. Tom Barkhouse is very good. You know, Nat's very good. And out of the four, he has had the least amount of minutes. I know that, obviously. Uh, he's obviously he's also the least experienced, but he trains really well. I've asked him to you know, concentrate on his crossing and be more reliable on his crossing in training. But he comes in every day determined. And if you ever watch training, um, he, is a, <laughs> he is a can of Dr Pepper in training. He gets around all over the place. Um, but the lads have been doing really well, and I have, I am trying, as always, to give people minutes. But also, it's not a charity. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to make everyone feel great about themselves. I'm trying to win games, and you know, sometimes, you know, the game could be quite on a knife edge. I think oh, Dobbs might give us something more than Tony in this opportunity, or vice versa, or whatever. So it's difficult. His head's never wavered. I, I try and speak to him as much as I can, and I, and I know how much he enjoys playing, which is, makes it even harder. But he has been a part of most games. And I think if you're not in the team, but you feel like you're making a contribution, it's easier. There's still people who this weekend won't even be in the squad who I would have no harm, no shame in playing, but sometimes it suits other players or their mother players are just a bit in fun. So Tony's trained really well. Sorry to answer your question in a very long way. Trained really well. His attitude's always been spot on. And look, you don't get in the team if your attitude isn't. So if players, and I'm not saying any have done it here, but if players go down the other route of like, I'm just going to sulk and be that guy, that's fine. You, you have to be who you are, I get it, but don't expect to kick a ball for me. You can go and train somewhere else and worst case, you can stay at home. So look, the good kids play, the best kids play, and there's always a competition for places here. All the subs want to play, the lads out of the squad, like I know Chesie's chomping at the bit now to play as well to get back in the squad. And we've now got 20 outfield players fit. So... It's only Didzy who's not fit, but he is fit. So we've got no injury. So there's problems all the time. But I thought Tony worked really hard. Um, like when I took him off the other day, I remember shaking his hand saying, oh, did you enjoy that, mate? I loved it, Gaffer. 
Like they're the people you want to play, but they can only play if they perform. It's not like I said, it's not charity, and he deserves his uh, game Saturday. Like this Saturday is a completely different opposition, a completely different game, uh, and I have to look at the team, you know, uh, and pick the team. We pick the team, sorry, uh, on who we think is going to beat Fleetwood. I should probably ask about Fleetwood. Uh, yeah. Not on a great run right now, but they've put together some very good runs this season. Yeah, well, we're not on a great run now either, are we? So, in fairness to them, I, don't, I think in the last six games, five, six games, we've only accrued two more points than them. And I wouldn't say we're on a honking run, but I wouldn't say we're on a great run either. So, yeah, sometimes games go like that. Sometimes your performance is really good, you don't pick up results. I'm not saying their performances have been amazing, but like I played against uh, Scott's team pre-season. We were in the same um, Croatia training camp. Uh, really liked him, li liked his staff, they're really professional what they've done, they've recruited really well. I know some of their players really well, so it's like a really good League One team. Uh, and you're right, sometimes, in fairness, unless you're in the top six or bottom six, you are literally that team who win a few, lose a few, draw a few. Uh, on their day they can beat anyone, uh, as can we. So I think they come here um, with every away game, like every team in League One does, you know, trying to win but trying not to lose. I think that's probably the nicest way I can put it. But I do know they'll ask a lot of questions of us. And they're different questions what Oxford asked us and there'll be different questions what Peterborough asked us. So we need to concentrate on what we can do, but we always have to, you know, have an awareness of, like, this is what they're trying to do. So I know it will be a tough game. I, I know it will. And I appreciate, I think, I might be wrong, so this will be great. But did you draw nil-nil away? <laughs> Thank goodness that would have been a disaster if you'd have said no, it was a three-nil win. Um, so, you know, they're, they're always, every game in this league is tough. It's tough to create got proper goal scoring chances and it's tough to take them. Like last week, we were fortunate with one of our goals, so to speak. But then Sibs's two goals were out of this world. And like, you know, you, you're relying on magical moments to win games. So hopefully we have enough on Saturday to win. That was Paul Warren there talking to Owen Bradley on Rams TV. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, so, Chris, then, I'll start off. Injury-wise, it looks like, it sounds like, we haven't got any. Even though he said Didzy's not fit, but he is fit. Is he, it sounds with McGoldrick is, well, doing what we what we spoke about with Ed on Monday, is keeping his cards close to his chest, especially regarding McGoldrick, to try and, I suppose, scupper what the other manager may think. Because we all know McGoldrick, especially at home, is our, is our match winner, potentially. Teasing the opposition, no doubt they'll be listening in on that interview that was that was done this uh, this morning. Um, yeah, twenty players available. I'm not sure if that's ever actually happened yet this season. That would be something mm -hmm. to to look at. Um, interesting to see how he approaches this dilemma of everyone being fit, because like he's mentioned, another guy, James Chester, who we discussed uh, with Ed on 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 Monday. Um, I think we're in for a couple of surprises. Uh, again, I, I really do. We we've been pretty good with our selections recently, we so are. I'm predicting another couple of surprises. But this goes back to what Ed said on Monday's podcast, where he said, you know, about having to make five changes to reinvigorate the squad. You know, if this if this team, this squad wants to go up as you want them to do automatically having to reinvigorate the squad by... Granted, two of them changes were enforced, but still, three changes to try and freshen things up a bit. 
is a bit of a worry, but you know, so I guess the question is, will he go back to type? Will he go back to a team that we recognize if you like, or will he stick with, you know, a few of the changes that he made or even make even more changes? Well, you look at the dilemmas straight from, straight from the back before we even get to the front, you know, do you, do you stick with the same back four? You know, we were saying about Curtis Davis on Monday, I think Ed was saying it was his 36th birthday, so it's actually his 38th, which I, I didn't realise until today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah. Ed's, it, Ed's clearly done him, done him a good service there. So absolutely. <laughs> I did, to be fair, I, I was with Ed all the way. I thought he was 36, but yeah, I was looking yeah. at some of his Instagram photos today and um, was there, was definitely a th- there was definitely a three and eight uh, in, in balloons, and unless he's 83... <laughs> um, that would yeah. be something. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick to the thirty-eight. So, yeah. so there, there's your dilemma straight away. You know, does he stick to to that back four? Will he go to a, a three at the back? Will he will he uh, try and um, put Corey Smith back there? Yeah, there there's there, there's dilemmas, and I will tell you what, he's probably sitting there smiling because it's a nice headache to have, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, as as a manager, I suppose. You want everyone fit. You want everyone ready to play, especially, you know, this is now crunch time, 10 games and counting. This is the type, you know, or potentially 12, 13 maybe, depending <laughs> how the season finishes. But this is where you want your team fit. It's where you want them firing. And, yeah, so it is a, It is going to be a, a sort of nice headache. There's a lot of talk there about Tony Springer. Uh, he's gone from a can of Coke to a can of Dr. Pepper. Um, obviously, we both sort of given our views on him, which differs from Paul Warren, who obviously sees him every day. Obviously, as as fans, we can only judge on what we see on the pitch. You know, he might be a good person in training. He might be someone that works hard. And, you know, that's that's fine. And in fairness, he did sort of allude to it in a nice way that you can work hard all your life, but you've got to have that quality. So I think it was maybe a case of, well, Barkhausen's not done it for me. Dobbin's not really, you know, last couple of games he's not been at his best. Let's put Tony in, see what he's like, see how he how he finds League One, and see if he can if he can do a job. Because I'm not going to get the, you know, the, he must be thinking I'm not going to get to know what he is like really as a player unless I see him play. So maybe that was the reason for putting him in at at, at the weekend. He didn't really have much of an impact, did he? Um, I think he had the fewest touches of of the Derby team. Yeah, I mean, he obviously he he gave the you know he set the ball up for Horahan for the cross for Sibley's first goal, but other than that, there was it was I don't know. I think he had the enthusiasm, you know, which is fine, but I just felt like he he tried he tried he over tried or tried too hard, you know. He was trying too hard to impress. He was he was trying to press when no one else wasn't. He left gaps in behind him. You know, which is a dangerous game, especially if you come up against quality opposition. Granted, Oxford, no respect, they weren't quality. Um, Fleetwood, on the other hand, are going to be. Uh, there'll be a different aspect again. You know, we played them at their at their place at start of the season. I think we dominated them for ninety nine. I think we had something like twenty seven shots, and it ended nil nil. You know, that's 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 the way it was last time. They're for me. I think you know they're not going down. They're not going up. I think you know, they're going to come and sit at Pride Park and make us work 
and work hard if we want to score against them. That's that's the reality. It's where I see it. I think this comes back down to like Paul Warren didn't say in that interview that Springer will keep his place. He basically said that was that was last Saturday. We're now looking at this Saturday. To me, if I'm looking at that as a, 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 a as a conspiracist, he's telling me that he's not going to be in the the squad. And yeah, you, you love a conspiracy. I do like a conspiracy, you know me. And I just wonder whether him going into the team at Oxford was more of a shake-up for people who didn't get in the starting eleven, rather than a selection uh, choice based on, I should say, merit. Because like I said, we don't know how well he's been training, clearly, mm. Paul Warren. But I, I still believe in the back of it, it was a, a kick up the derriere to a couple of people who had played uh, at Plymouth. Because he did say openly after the Plymouth game, he it told some people some, he told people truths, some yeah. some home truths, and the home truths were there for all to work out who got those. Yeah, by the selection against Oxford, but you know he did a job. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not a fan, not because I, I don't like the guy. It's simply because I haven't seen enough of him to, to to make a positive decision that I believe he is. Um, a, a good, a good foundation of a Derby player. I, I, I believe he was a body through the door to yeah. replace Asula, as we discussed with Ed. I, I think that was absolutely spot on, and I don't honestly think you'll see him here next season. I, I think it is a tough call, especially when you're a young kid. Um, we've seen, we've seen the likes of Dobbin coming. It took him a while to settle, and then we have seen what he can produce. You know, when you're coming at January. You know, let's say anything, he's only been here a couple of months, you know, not had much game time. It is tough to sort of, especially at a young age, to sort of hit the ground running, if you like. It it will take time. Um, getting 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and there, then getting a start. It was to get 60, 70 minutes, something like that. It, it's it's going to be tough, you know, but, you know, he's got to, he might be one of them players that you bring on when, you, you know, the defence is tired. Right, go run at him and put balls in. It sounds like, he wants him to be a winger. He wants him to get to the byline and put a ball in the box. That's that's basically what he wants him to do. Whereas you look at the likes of Nathaniel Mendes Lang, Dobbin, um, they tend to try and take on their men and, you know, get a shot off, get a cross in. You know, they're a bit more technically gifted, I think, is what he's potentially, that's what that sounded like. He's, you know, I, I'm just trying to get him to work on how good his crosses are. Yeah, and look, Going back to to what I was saying, and and we we, we could have a a podcast all its own about individuals who who we um who are, who are there or thereabouts in the squad. That's called yeah. end of season podcast, Chris. That, that that'll be <laughs> and when we're celebrating by popping corks with with the promotion, um, he says. <laughs> he he says, says, you're um, you're going to go into hiding, mate. You are if, oh, if it doesn't happen. Uh, don't don't. <laughs> You'll be there, you, you and Vicky. I know you're listening, Vicky. You'll be there. <laughs> you and Vicky will be going, Chris, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm dreading. I tell you what, I'm I'm telling you now, I'm unavailable for that podcast to talk about <laughs> that one. I've just checked the diary. I won't gloat too much. The thing is, though, <laughs> if we do go up, I've still got to do the podcast regardless. When I was like, no, it ain't going to happen. We're not going to go up. We're not going to go up automatically. That's <laughs> probably, I, I, you know, I think there is potential. <laughs> Look, for us to go up playoffs, look, but I, just... I, I until until someone tells me 
anything is not mathematically possible, then I'll put my hand up and go, we're still going to get promoted, but we'll do it the hard way. Yeah. So I've still true. got I've still got another toss of the coin as such. Yeah. Um, so if, if we go up at Wembley, we're like, well, I said we get promoted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know people break me and say, you, you know, you're lucky, sad, but hey, we're all Derby, aren't we? We're all yeah, Derby. Exactly. We all want the exactly. same thing. Exactly. So go back to the back four. So do you, do you think that Jake Rooney will stay on the side? Like Ed was saying, which is a valid point that he thinks that, you know, he's a youngster that they're bedding him in uh, 13 games as a senior pro. I personally think if you if you're good enough, your age is irrelevant. And I still think when he's in the back four, we always look stronger. And I think he proved that against Oxford, where I think certainly, yeah, okay, he made a couple of mistakes as 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 we've alluded to mm. in the past. But so does Aaron Cashin, so does Fozzie. But I do like him at, at right back. I want him to start. I want him to play. But I think if Max Bird sounds like he's ready. Then he'll oh, put yeah, back, Birdie, yeah. Then he'll put Bird back in midfield and just slot Smith back at right back. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can live with that. I can I'd, live with that. I'd personally like to see a midfield of Smith, Bird, and Sibley. Rest Horahan. But then again, you see what I mean? This is where you've got the argument because you... Well, what about Jason Knight? Well, this is it, you see. You know, this, this is... And now you're going on to how, you know, what's your team going to look like? Well, we've got a full... Fledgling, you know, full, full fledgling, a fully fit. I don't know where that came from. A fully fit squad now, by the sounds of things. The team doesn't pick itself anymore. The team's picked on merit, on who's done well. You know, so that that's how the team's got to be picked. But then also, as as a manager, as a tactical point, he's picking it a team who's going to, you know, as he said, I've got to now pick a team that's going to beat Fleetwood. Who is yeah, that team going to be? He has and. And it's interesting because if you look at the substitutions he made at Oxford, you're looking at he he substituted Hurrihan, Sibley, Springit, and Mendes Lang. Um, so predominantly, if you look at Derby's formation, which was four two three one, predominantly four of the five middle players. Yeah, we can class Mendes Lang and Spring as wingers. Yeah, but ultimately they were still playing uh, cover. Uh, in the midfield as well. And they were replaced by Bird, Dobbin, Barkhausen and Roberts. Mm. The one person that didn't get substituted is James Collins. Yeah. Who played the full 95, 96 yeah, minutes. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, but we didn't have another striker to put on in fairness. Um, no, we didn't. We didn't. I I, I don't disagree. Um, but I still think that he would have had tired legs and you could have, you could have put, you could have put Dobbin up top, to be fair. Um, on his own, inter- Chris, come on. Well, I, look, I tell you what, I loved. Do you know when Paul Warren first came and he that first game against Cambridge away and he had Dobbin and Asuda up front? Oh, oh that was insane. Oh, just, oh just, yeah. just the pace up top. And but, you, but you've got to remember that pitch was shocking on, on Saturday. It was like oh, playing yeah. at the race course on 10 30 on Saturday morning. We'll be back on a carpet. I, I tell you yeah. what, I bet they've not cut the grass, uh, cut the grass short this week. <laughs> The only difference between the Oxford United pitch and the pitch of the race course was dog milk. <laughs> that, that, that was the only difference. And I'm pretty sure that if you'd put the cat, you know, people who are watching it there um, or people watching on Rams TV, I bet you didn't see the people on Rams TV at 228 going around with doggy bags. Oh. But um, the interesting oh. one that... Um, Lower the tone, Chris. 
<laughs> the one that didn't get played, which I'm not surprised about, and we spoke about him a lot, Harvey White. He didn't even get a sniff. Um, even when replacements where's, where, 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 were needed. Where's he, where's he playing now? Uh, do you know what? I don't think you'll see him on the bench even on Saturday. No. That's no, one of my first guess guesses. I think with Bird coming back, I, I, exactly. Unless he takes Thompson off the bench and keeps Harvey White on for his confidence. Um, I, yeah, I'm but not then again, it's... you go, well, Thompson's a Derby player. Like it or love it. <laughs> Harvey White isn't. True, very true. You know, um... but this is what a what a wonderful dilemma to have. You know, oh, yeah, this is it. I mean, I, like you, if you okay, well, we are we obviously we do give our team predictions what we think it will be, and I'm looking at it and going, I, I, not a clue at the minute. So I'll have to think about it and just lay a team out, which yeah. I think will be Fleetwood. Well, we'll we'll go for the layout of the teams before we we end the pod, before we end the review, because we were pretty between the both of us. Mm. Last time out, I think we got it spot as on. A as a team, as a team, we got it spot on. We got it we? bang on, yeah, pretty much. So yeah, um, but yeah, just before we do that, just moving on to Fleetwood quickly. Then um, mm. another team that again in the lower echelons, as you like to call it, that sort of between tenth and eighteenth, whatever nineteenth teams that we sometimes struggle against. Um, yeah, the sixteenth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which. Obviously, got a, a one-all draw against Port Vale. This is why, Chris, you never cash out. <laughs> I had a bet on last week, and everything was coming in apart. From, and I had Fleetwood, Port Vale, both teams to score, and I was up slightly. And I was like, it was eighteen-one minutes or something like that. I thought, now nah, ain't going to happen. And I literally cashed out for like thirteen pound profit. But I'll put it on next week. Free bet, really. Um, yeah. Then Jack Marriott scored his first goal for them as well for the. For the uh, Cod Army, I'd I'd love to know what happened with him and Peterborough. You know, well, it, you know, he, he, it, saying he was the saying he was the prodigal son that Darren Anthony always used to go on about him, saying his attitude was spot on, his training was spot on, and he doesn't know what uh, happened to him at Derby because it wasn't the player he remembered. Oh, just before that's what I was going to say. Actually, um, that's just reminding me. Bringing up Jack. If you remember, do you know what obviously Ed said about them changing the team and finish shake things up? You've then mentioned it then. Maybe it was to give those players that needed it a kick up the backside, basically. Frank Lampard did it, remember, against Aston Villa, where he changed pretty much the whole squad and he got absolutely battered. But the week after, it was like, okay, yeah, we get your point. He did. So it, it can happen. It does happen. Um, I just wanted to put that out there, basically. To say sometimes, you know, like you say, it probably was a kick up the backside. Granted, two changes were needed um, in McGoldrick and Knight due to injuries, but still, to shake it up like you did. But I, I do think, yeah, it will be a totally different game this week. Anyway, yeah, on to Fleetwood then. So they are, as I said, as Paul Warren alluded to, they are a team that have only got two points less than us in the last five, six games. You know, um, they do struggle. to They don't score many goals. Looking at the last few games, they've been either one nil wins or one nil losses. They or don't draw, score many. Or draw, draw, draw well. last time out. Yeah, I get draw against Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I'm not looking, you know, for a high scoring game here, really. But they, you know, you got to think about it though. Did they? Hey, oh. oh yeah, they beat Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup. I thought what well, it was the FA Cup. I don't know what sort of team Sheffield Wednesday put out there. <laughs> I can but, guess. Yeah, but they they drew at home to Plymouth. 
uh, sorry, away from home. So they drew at home part. They were one of the teams that took points off Plymouth at home part, which isn't easily done. Beat Cambridge, beat Morecambe, two teams delving in the bottom four. Lost against Berlin in the FA Cup, then have come back. They've lost against Cheltenham, lost against Wickham, and drew against Port Vale. So they were before that, before the cup, they were they were on a bit of a decent run of form, to be honest. They had one, two, three, four, five, six. They 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 won five and drew one in all competitions, and you know in the six games prior to Burnley, since losing uh, losing the FA Cup to Burnley, they've they've only picked up one point. In three games, they they play a very strange system. They play a four one four one home and away. They they seldomly come away from it. That's not and something you see every day now. No, it? it's 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 a strange one. Um, it's clearly set up not to lose. Mm. You know, I've I've never known a team actually play a four one four one that I followed or coached. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how actual. How that actual stays as a four-one-four-one, and whether it becomes a four-five-one. Ultimately, Lewis Warrington is is their holding midfielder. Um, yeah. I always I always laugh at um, the Fleetwood Town uh, starting eleven because some of their names are just brilliant. They they're, they're like a mixture of. Um, but they've got and they've got Sean Rooney. They got Sean Rooney. Yeah, I don't think he's not he's not a related to Wayne Rooney. No, is it? no, but but. Uh, they 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 have a guy called Phoenix Patterson, which oh, wow. is one of the best names I've ever heard for a footballer. Phoenix <laughs> Patterson. Wow. Sounds like something. Uh, sounds like, like someone a superhero you... or something. Yeah. It was, uh, my dad said it reminded me of someone you go and watch on a Friday night at the pub who did 60 Souls tribute, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. Well, <laughs> they got Josh Bella, who was he was a, he was he was highly rated when he was at Bolton. I just don't yes. think he he never quite cut the mustard so to speak did he but you know we could go through that team like say Jack Marriott you know will he score against us maybe um, it'd be typical if he does but well, they signed Jaden Stockley with Jack Marriott didn't they uh, in the transfer window yeah. when they had that really strange promo video of them both high five in this oh. <laughs> yeah and the, you know, yeah. It, was, it was their greatest move ever to, to join Fleetwood with ambition and you know it's been their dream to play for the Cod Army one of those classic you know <laughs> get me the bucket video um, yeah not great yeah it wasn't great so but I think between the two of them they're not exactly pulling up trees are they I think Marriott's got a goal I'm not even sure Stockley's scored yet to be honest uh, no yeah uh, he's always got one goal in nine oh, appearances he? he's got one goal in nine appearances well, he's prolific then isn't he <laughs> I should keep you I should keep myself quiet really because yeah Chris I, don't, I, don't I'll, jinx it I'll curse the Saturday yeah don't don't be jinxing it I, I just I, I just look at them Simon and I look at the formation and I've just been looking at their disciplinary record they they give out a lot of yellow cards they, they're clearly short they're either short of pace shorter discipline or they they play a, either very deep or very high when you find a lot of yellow cards in certain parts of the pitch it's normally because of the style of play they're asked to play mm. um and also they, i think their top scorer um is i think it's gomez from from the left with with eight goals um mm. so look 
one of those teams, I agree with you. They're mid-table. They're not really fighting relegation at the moment. I think they'll, I think they'll certainly have enough to to stay secure. Mm. Whether or not they look at Derby as a as a realistic opportunity to get three points, who knows? Um, it's it's amazing, isn't it? We we're, we were talking about how the the league has become almost three and one with the the yeah. top six. Then you've got seven to eleven who just don't seem to want to go away, no. and they're still pulling at our at our shirts. Um, and then you've got sort of the bottom echelons from sort of well, ignore mid table. The bottom I echelons. Th- I think th- I'd say seven to ten now. I think Exeter and eleventh are out of yeah out of it. They're, they're too far behind. Obviously, I know what Portsmouth are, are in tenth, nine points off the playoffs, but. And then you get the bottom five who keep changing around, wanting to get relegated. It's 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 it. We said this at the start of the season, Simon. It's it's a fantastic league to be in as long as you're only in it one year. Well, yeah, this is true. It, it, it's a crazy league, and this, you know yeah. the results last. The results this week, uh, midweek, didn't go for us, which we can quickly touch on. So it makes a game against what what could have been a nice game with no real pressure on us with a with a seven point gap. Against uh, Fleetwood Town at home, you'd you'd put down as a home banker, but now you've got Wickham breathing down an X again, four points behind. Um, Portsmouth are on form again; they're 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 slowly creeping up. It makes a a game at home against Fleetwood Town very very important. I think they all are now, though. I think we know this, Chris. Um, we've been in this situation in the Championship before, you know, and. It, it's just one of them now we've got to just you know Paul Wall there was obviously asked by Owen is he looking at the table etc of course he is he wants promotion that's what he wants you know but I think he will look at it in his own way he will just concentrate one game at a time because that's as he said it's all you can do at this, at this moment in time it's pointless looking two weeks ahead but is he looking at other scores yeah of course he is of course he is he knows you know he he will know from experience of this league that it can change in an instant like that. And it has done, you know, the last few weeks. The only thing really that's not changed is the top two. But that 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 could all change with one result, you know. That could change this weekend. It could. Ipswich are on Plymouth's tail, you know. Barnsley again, we mentioned them, you know, they're what? Uh six. They've got two games fourth. in hands. They're fourth. They're fourth with sixty six. Yeah, I know, but it's sixty six, isn't they? So what they they're 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 only eight points off behind Plymouth, but they've got two games in hand. They win them too. That's two points. Yeah, you, um, could pretty much, you could pretty much work out who their game plan will be against. So, looking at it, they're either going to be against Exeter, Lincoln, Burton, Accrington. Yeah, two two of those two of those uh, four. So, you, you'd pretty much think that they are going to get those two games in hand as uh, as a good tally of points. You'd you'd expect. Yeah, you would, and that's why that's why I thought you know the this is why I tipped them on Monday. I thought they might finish. They're going to sneak in top two. I think it's a good shout. I think you're right. I think they are. I think if they they've got to play those game in hands. I think both of them have got to be played by the end of this month. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure they've got to be played in March. Yeah. So, um, I the the thing that pleases me is that the team we're now fifth is Bolton. They're in sixth. That are free falling, and they've played a game more. Yeah. Than than everybody below them, so bar a, a goal difference calamity. Although they'll still be in sixth potentially after Saturday, they could find themselves um, in seventh 
chasing a, a, a team with a game in hand on them. So, you know, it's it's not just us that are under pressure. You know, it is hotting up. It is hotting up. Anyway, Chris, so team predictions then. Now, now oh. we've both had time to think. Well, can I just say, I got the bars of prediction wrong. Actually, one of their games hand is against Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, interesting. I, I remembered that. They play each other soon, don't they? Um, oh, team prediction. That is a right. good one. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we did last time. The goalkeeper. Okay. Wildsmith. 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 All right. What are you going back four, back three? In fact, yeah, I'll let you choose your formation because I didn't let I didn't give you a chance last time. Mm. Um, do you know what? I think he's going to stay in a back four, and I I'm going to stay. I think I think Curtis will stay in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a birthday present for him or, but I think Curtis <laughs> will stay in. I think Fozzy looked quite assured at left back. Yeah, um, and I think he was quite. Re- he was back in, in the place that he knows better than any other position that he plays. You know, he's had yeah. a great stint at centre half, but you know, one thing you get with Fozzy down the left is he'll always put in a decent cross or two throughout yeah. the game. He's consistent. Um, Cashin, I think there's no real person to 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 directly replace him. I think that. I hate to say this, but I I agree. I think I think you're right. I think Corey Smith will go to right back, mm-hmm. so I'm going, going to go for right back Smith, Davis and Cashin at centre half and Fozzie left. The 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 surprise that I think might be is that Chesney might come into the equation, but mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Smith. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say in back four. I think we're looking at Smith Smith. Uh... David, I think, like I say, I think Davis will stay in, Cashin and 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 Fozzy. Yeah, I, like I say, I don't think the back four really did much wrong. You look at the goals; one was across Wildsmith. I looked. I almost messaged you and said, "Chris, why is Wildsmith on eight yards out of this free kick?" And then he was backpedaling. Um, yeah, but I'm little. Yeah, but bit, I think it's. Bit, a little bit bad positioning from Joe there, to be honest. Not going to lie, <laughs> I, d- I don't think he expected the ball to come in as deep as it did. That was the problem. Now, if you're going to be that far out, you either claim it, get a fist to it, or you sit back a couple of yards, mate. And I think he'll learn from that one. And then, obviously, the second goal. We, I think, I think by the time the second goal came, we were a bit tired. We thought games won. It's three one. There's only what seven, eight minutes to go, and I think we just switched off. Cashin switched off, lost his man. You know, so I think other than that, I think the defense, apart from the first fifteen, twenty minutes, Davis looked a bit wobbly. But then second half, he had his head on everything. Yeah, and and the interesting thing about and Curtis, I, I, I'm the first one to put my hand up and say I didn't think he'd last ninety minutes. Well, well, this is what I'm going to come to, actually. Of all the players who play in the back four, he's probably the fittest there is at the moment because he hasn't played many games this season. He's, he's come yeah. back. It was a bit rusty for the first 10 or 15 minutes. But I'll tell you what, I bet there's 10 games in those legs. And they may, uh, be, his, yeah. they may be his last 10 games he ever plays for Derby County. Who knows? Maybe but I think, the last 10 games he plays full stop. Yeah. but So you actually look at the, the lineup available and the players available. He's probably, physically-wise, the fittest of the four or five you can select because... Cashin's played pretty much every game. Foz has played pretty much every game. So them two 
although they've had a week's rest, and I, I saw that they've all been to Cheltenham, haven't they? Most of them went to Cheltenham at some point yeah. this week, looking very dapper in their suits. Um, Davis has, I don't know how many appearances he had this this season. Um, I'd probably say less than a dozen. So you'd think that he was injured for a while, but I think he's been sat on the bench for, for a fair bit, hasn't he? So I'd imagine those legs are pretty fresh. He's played 15 games this season. So I'd imagine a fresh Curtis Davis with 10 games to go. I'll, I'll have that all day long. Sorry, sorry, 17. It was two FA Cup games he played. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah 17 we, we, games. We we were saying only a few weeks ago that, that Curtis uh, will always be a bench warmer and, and, and we love him to bits, but he's, you know, he's getting on a bit. But you actually looked at the way he played at Oxford, bar the first 10 or 15 minutes when he looked a bit ring rusty. I think he looks quite sharp and quite fit, and I think he'll keep his place. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, so do I, as, as I say. Uh, go on, your midfield then. I take it, oh. I take it you're going for the... I, I, I said 4 3 3 4 2 3 one, same bloody thing, one up top. Yeah, same thing, isn't it? Um, I'm with you. Horihan, third. Sibley. Oh, this isn't right, Chris. We're we're picking the same team here. You can't You're... take you can't take Louis out of the team, can you? No, and this is it. This is this is this is the thing. Now it sends a bad message, doesn't it? If you just take him out, yeah that 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 was my thought. So I was just thinking, like, surely you can't just go. Well done, Louis. You scored two goals. Played quite well. You ran your knackers off for seventy minutes. Oh, I'm going to put your left back next week. I'm going to put Fozzie back into the centre. You know, you just can't. You've got to keep him there. If he's right into what into what he's saying, where he's saying if you earn, you've got to earn your shirt, then Sibley's earned that right to start as a number 10 again. Surely. I agree totally. Right, and the front three. This is the dilemma. I think this, this is, is the, the tough dilemma, one. isn't it, Chris? This is the yeah. bit I'm finding so, so difficult. You can go first on this one. <laughs> Fair play. Well, I'm going to go Mendes Lang because he's my favorite player at the minute. Um, on one wing. Now this, this this left wing. This is this. I'm going to. I'm going to go. Dobbin. Mm. Now, over Barkhausen, I know. I just think that we are going to need a bit of pace to get in behind these guys with the way they're set up. They're very defensive. They are going to be, I won't say compact. Well, no, they will be. They'll be very compact. I think that midfield four, five will drop back close to their defence. So I think we're going to have to get in behind. And I just think Mendes Lang and Dobbin are going to cause more havoc with their pace. I think Dobbin slightly quicker than Barkhausen. Obviously, Mendes Lang, you know what you can do. Number nine, centre forward. Mm. Well, I'm I'm go gonna I'm I'm gonna go Didzy. I think he's playing. Uh, it sort of goes against what I said about obviously you earn your shirt. Colin scored, ran around a lot. I just think Didzy at home is the most important thing for us. His link-up play. I'd love to see him with Louis Sibley. I know what Ed said about how how well Knight and Didzy link up, but imagine Didzy and a goal scorer in Louis Sibley linking up together. He didn't even mention Jason Knight on the team at all, have you? I don't know. I've had the same midfield three as you. 
I'm mm. on about Ed on Mon- Ed on Monday night was yeah. said you know how well Knight you know gets the best out of McGoldrick. Yeah, I'm just thinking well Sibley maybe can do the same if not better because I think McGoldrick knows if he's got Louis Sibley around him he knows he'll get a shot off. He knows he's got you know better chance of scoring. He knows he's got a sweet left foot. We know from watching Louis Sibley anywhere from say let's say twenty five yards out, clear line of sight. Louis Sibley's a threat. You're either going to get a goal or you're going to get a corner. It's not very often that he hits a shot off target. He's normally a lot of the time test the keeper for me. Yep, but which is. I... Which is why, and I, I just think him and Didzy up there will cause will cause Fleetwood a threat. I'm going to go slightly different with you. Colin, I'm going to go Mendes Lang on the right. I'm going to go with Barkhausen on the left. I think down the middle he'll play Sibley and Collins, and I'll tell you why I think he'll carry on with that. Okay. I think that he knows that he can have Knight and Didzy on the bench, and they're tried and tested. And at 45 minutes, he's going pear-shaped. He knows that 45 minutes of them two on form are, well, they're they're league beats, aren't they? You're right. The question is whether we go back to the Paul Warren interview, whether he's basically saying that he is fit, but he hasn't trained all week. Um, Or, like I said, he's messing with the minds of of, of fit. He just needed a rest. I, I think I think he'll continue with Sibley and Collins. I just mm-hmm. think I think Collins deserves to start at home. I think Sibley deserves to start at home. I know, but but even th- you even you said Collins at home isn't the same. Animal. He isn't. He's a better player away. I agree with you, and I stick to my words. His form away from home is so much better than at home. But Didz's form away is not as good as his form at home. I, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm I'm talking myself out of my section here. You are. I need, yeah. I need, I need to shut I, up. Normally it's me that has to do that, but you're doing it your own here. I need to shut up. But I, I honestly think that he'll he'll stick to Sibley and Collins. And I think Didzy and Knight will be on. Because it's with all due respect to the opposition, it's Fleetwood. It's yeah. not it's not a it's crucial not it's not a yeah, it's not an Ipswich. Where I think like you that, would yeah. probably see Didzy. I just think that this is a this is I mean, a like you say. In fairness, Collins doesn't start running; he'll tire the defense out. Yeah, I just but think. I tell you what, though, what a dilemma to have. Hmm, do I start Sibley or Collins, or do I start McGoldrick and Knight? But you've got like for like, haven't you? You've got you've got two yeah. matching pairs. You've got two natural number tens, and you've got two natural. You know, you start. All right, see, I'm gonna put my hand up. I always say Didzy was number ten. So, but you've proven me wrong. Yeah, that you can play striker. <laughs> so I will put my hand up and take that back. You've got a like for like swap without any problems. The, sh- the shape around it stays the same. But you know, you can take Sibley and Collins off. You could even say to the both sets of, of, of players, right, guys. I'll give you 60 minutes, I'll give you yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you now, you're on for 45, 55. Run your absolute knackers off. You're coming off. So I want everything left out there, knowing that you're coming off at 55. Um, and then you two are on for the last, well, I would say 35, but realistically, it'll be 40, including extra yeah. time. And, and I think that's why he likes the substitutions, and, and I think that's what he'll do. And I think Dobbin will have more of a say in the game. I don't think Springer will get a look in. Um, the interesting thing will be the bench, because, you know, I we think don't we can pick benches, it's too hard. <laughs> I know, but, but we might as well. I, 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 you're going to see I, Rooney. Rooney. 
you're going to see, I'm going to say Rooney, McGoldrick, Knight, um, McGee, McGee, Roberts, Dobbin. The question is, does he White get rid of White or Thompson? Or Chesney. Or Chesney. I think you won't see White or Thompson. I think you'll see Chesney. That's, that's interesting, that. Yeah, well, to be honest, if Ch- if Chester's going to get back near the squad, he's going to have to start on the bench. And whether that means doing what he used to do with Steam and, well, I've got five minutes, go steal it up for us. You've got to remember, if Corey Smith goes to right back and you're having problems in the midfield, he can whack on Chesney at right back and put Corey Smith in the middle and not yeah, have to worry. Or, or the other thing is as well, if it feels like we're not getting through, you could switch to a three at the back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I switch, think switch to three, bring McGoldrick on up top with Collins, put five in midfield, whoever that may be. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And yeah, what a nice battle, what yeah, a nice you, bench to have. Yeah, you've got options now. Yeah, so it's, it's the strong, strongest bench we've ever had. 10 games to go, we've finally got options. Yeah, yeah, you, you actually read that bench out and you've, you've got an argument for every single player on that bench, um, to be starting. Mm. So it, it's nice, whereas you look at the bench that uh, was at Oxford and, and prior to that, you know, take Max Bird out of the equation because we didn't know if he was mega fit or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you had White, Thompson and McGee on there who realistically, if the squad was fit other than McGee, obviously he's number two keeper, the other two wouldn't get a sniff. And I, I, and I really think if, this, if the team stays fit and the squad stays fit, I don't think you see them their two's names on it again. Interesting enough, if I was just looking back at the team that we played in August, uh, that we put out in August when we played them away. Wildsmith and goal, Forsyth at left back, Cashin, Stearman, and Jason Knight at right back. Yep. Um, Bird and Horahan is the two holders. Dobbin in the centre, Barkhausen, Mendes, Lang, and Collins up top. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Dobbin's not actually played through the middle. Since um, Warren's Paul been Warren, in charge, has he? You know, I don't it, think he has. No, well, you could have talk. Was he down the middle against Torquay? Uh, or did he drift? Or did he drift I, off I, the I wing? Think, I, I think he sort of drifted more than anything, didn't he? Yeah, but but uh, it, you know, you actually sit here with a smile on your face, thinking, yeah, when you're thinking about how strong the bench is, it just shows you how potentially strong. But you know what? I, I, I love the um when the phone pings at two oh one on a Saturday <laughs> and the team gets announced and, and I look at it thinking Simon's gonna be looking at this. And it's like it's like lottery numbers. See <laughs> so, so how many see so how many players we've got right. It, it's you'll be the first to text me if I've got it wrong, yeah. and I'll certainly be the first to text you if if uh, you've got it wrong. But it's it's a nice selection to have and it's you know what? That's if I get a signal at the ground. <laughs> well, well, that's... Can, this is it. I can get a signal, but I can never get on anything. I saw, I'm, like, I saw oh, that... I'm trying, trying to check me back. What's going on? Why is everyone else looking at the phone and I can't? I always remember when they had a, a, a I don't know, a fans forum meeting with Plows and, and Black and White Trust were there and whoever else was involved. And I always remember where they had a sort of a questionnaire saying, anything that you'd like to improve at the stadium? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Wi-Fi, a bigger phone mast, yeah, or masts, 
because obviously there's various signals. You want to check the scores, don't you? You know what I mean? You want to see how, especially now this at this type of time well, of season. It's it's interesting how someone did say on Twitter um, a couple of weeks ago about why didn't they never not read the scores out no more um, at the game because of obviously the phone signal issues. And I forwarded that tweet to the SLO. Oh. And, lo, and lo and behold, it might have just not been me, probably loads of other people said it. Lo and behold, Matt McGibbon started reading the scores out half-time. I think it was the the game before Shrewsbury, Cheltenham. Cheltenham, yeah, yeah. So, that, was a, that was a Tuesday night, wasn't it, Cheltenham? Was it? Yeah. So it was. You're right. They they need to, they do need to sort that out. That Bermuda Triangle of phone system. <laughs> it's not great, is it? I never know anything like it. But yeah, yeah. So we shall see tomorrow then at two o one. Who got it right? With set in fairness, we both got the back same back four. We both got the same midfield. It's just that front three. And your score prediction, Simon? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, so my kids haven't seen us win yet. It's kind of depressing. Both times I've been, it's been too all. <laughs> I might have to leave them at home. <laughs> um, yeah. But, so the first game was was two two against Birmingham. Then obviously two two against Shrewsbury was their first game they went to. Both of them together. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go back to back to back to a proper performance. I'm gonna go three nil derby. I'm gonna go. Sibley's gonna score again. McGoldrick's going to score. And I'm going to go Smith. Smith's going to score his first goal in like five years. Because <laughs> I'm just wow. going to put, I'm just putting a random one out there. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I So you've gone for what? Sorry, did you say? 3-0. 3-0. I don't think it's going to be a drubbing. But I think that Oxford would have given the guys a lot of confidence because I did say they got out of dodge with with a with a, a cheeky three points, but sometimes I just think those, it's a wake up call. Yeah, that is a wake up call, and I think they would have gone onto that coach with a big sigh and basically thinking, right, lads, we got away with that one. We've got the we've got the money in the bag. Let's let's now go at home. Got a week rest. Let's regroup and. Uh, Let's kick on from here. Like I said, 10 games to go, 30 points. I think Derby will go 2-0. I think Sibley will continue his fine vein of form. And I want to see James Collins get a goal at home because I think he deserves one. Um, you know I'm a Colo fan. Um, and yeah, I normally go for someone obscure, don't I? Like Davis I've done, or... I've beat you through it this time. time. So I'm not going obscure like you. But... Just, just while, while we always do the preview, um, we'll go through the fixtures for the weekend. There's some interesting ones, but I'll, I'll come to a, a couple. So Peterborough, who are just behind us, they're away at Lincoln. Uh, they got a good result against Burton midweek, didn't they? Um, Portsmouth are away at Bristol Rovers, and Portsmouth are on a bit of a run of form at the moment. Yeah. Um, you've got... Ipswich are at home to Shrewsbury. So that could be an interesting game because Shrewsbury's still got that sniff of still getting into sixth. It's a it's a long sniff now. But they're still there or there won their last five games. I know, I know. Plymouth are at home to Forest Green, so it's a banker. Pretty much. Now here's the two interesting fixtures. Wickham are at home to Barnsley. So do we want an away win, a home win, or a draw? Draw. I'd take well, the draw. 
Well, actually, I want Barnsley to win because they're going to get top two. <laughs> Do you? Well, here's where it gets interesting. The thing is, I, I just think with Barnsley, I, I think they're just going to... I generally feel that, they're, like I say, I don't think we're going to get top two. I just don't. But I think Barnsley will. I'd rather than beat Wickham, us win and have a seven-point gap than a f- potential four or five-point gap. Well, let, let's just say that Barnsley slip up and they they don't get a result at Wickham. Mm-hmm. That puts us ahead of them. That, that that puts us on. If we win, that puts us 67. Yeah. We go, it we go it keeps fourth. Wickham four points behind us still yeah. if we win. But Barnsley then play Sheffield Wednesday at home on Tuesday and yeah. Plymouth are away at Accrington on Tuesday. They're the only two games in League One. So, wow. Barnsley's... We we said last week that there's some defining games I, in March. I think if they win these two games, yeah, then that, that that and this is why I think I think they've got enough to get past Wickham. The Sheffield Wednesday game it's a it's a, it's a local derby if you like ish Yorkshire derby. Anything can happen in them. We know they're not they're not bankers. We know it doesn't matter what sort of form you're in, who you're playing, how good the opposition is. We know a local a derby is a derby at the end of the day. It, it anything can happen. It's, it's like I said, it's March Madness. There's some fantastic fixtures away from, and ultimately, people are going to say all we can do is concentrate on ourselves. I agree. Don't get me wrong, um, but even so, I still think that we should always look at other fixtures. And interesting enough, I've just moved on to Saturday from from for next week, and Barnsley don't play for some reason. Uh, North Sheffield Wednesday is it? Is it FA Cup? I don't know. No, it can't be. International oh, break, isn't it? International break, isn't it? So I wonder if they've got some players. They there. must have some players that 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 don't allow them to play. We've only so, got Jason Knight. That's it. It's been picked, called up for the Ireland. Ah, squad. Barnsley play Exeter a week on Tuesday. Uh, away, it. away. That's not an easy game. It's not. So yeah, trials and tribulations to happen in the next seven days, mate. It is, it is, and we shall round it all up on Monday's show, because that is the end of this show. Chris, thank you, as always, for your time. It's been a pleasure. And <laughs> Can I get back to my Revels and M&Ms now? You, oh, you had Revels and M&Ms? You just said yeah. M&Ms. No, I, I lied. I had some Revels in there as well. Have you got any coffee ones? I like them ones. Eat, oh, they go down straight away. <laughs> <laughs> See, everyone goes, oh, no, don't like coffee. No, coffees are banging. The worst thing they did was take coffees out of the roses. <laughs> Christmas was never the same again. <laughs> I'm joking. But, yeah, anyway, as always, guys, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, thank you for liking it. And we put it out there on Facebook. Without you guys, we can't spread. So remember to spread the words. Give it a share on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just press that share button. Takes it. I don't, even if you don't listen to it, press it. Just press it. Um, yeah, and also subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify. I'm not putting it on YouTube um, for, because my camera's not great. Um, so, yeah, but we shall fix that and sort it. And, uh, yeah, we shall see you on Monday with a guest potentially on Monday. Yeah, potentially speaking to one or two that are going to try and join us on Monday. So um, any of the two will be fantastic. And like we said before, if there's anyone who wants to come on the show, and give us their honest opinion of the mighty Derby County Football Club. They'll be more than welcome. Just, just DM. even if you only want to come on for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
It don't matter if you just want to come and say, "That's amazing, we're going to get promoted." Bye. That's fine. Do that. It's not a problem. They, we can we can sort that out. But they will be asked the crazy twelve questions that I asked Samantha Griffiths. Yeah, he's got them written down a little notepad. Written down. They're written down it's on me. Sacred. Yeah, he's doing, he's, do, he's doing a tally chart so he gets everyone's <laughs> answers. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I'm rabbiting on. Let's go. Let's call it a day. It's time to go. Hopefully, fingers crossed for a win Saturday. Um, and we should see you Monday. And as always, come on, Derby.